Hi everybody and welcome to Converge to Accelerate and this fantastic panel we've organised today around shaping the future of healthcare through blockchain powered technology. We've got a great panel for you today and I'm going to introduce them very briefly and ask them each one of them to to introduce themselves a little bit more for you. Uh, we've got Mohan, who's the CTO of Chainyard, Suzanne, who's the CEO of Chronicle, and Nadia, who is the uh, project lead of blockchain and data policy at the World Economic Forum. So Mohan, I know you guys have been working on a lot of really exciting technologies. Can you just briefly introduce yourself and how you've been working with healthcare and blockchain over the last year? Sure. Uh, I'm the CTO of Chainyard, and Chainyard is a brand of a company called IT People. So we've been involved with blockchain since uh, the early days of IBM's open blockchain. And later on, we got very involved with their research work in the IBM blockchain labs. So that really propelled us to be a leader in blockchain technology. And since then, we have done a number of projects. And most recently, we have got into uh, healthcare. I can talk a few, like, uh, currently, we work with a health plan administrator. Uh, we've also done work in uh, digital health wallet uh, and a few other things. We also look at trust and security and consent-based transactions. So we've done a lot of exciting things, and healthcare is one of the areas of practice for us, in addition to supply chain, uh, transportation, and and government. Fantastic. Well, Thank welcome. You. And uh, Suzanne, maybe if we go to you next and hear a little bit about what Chronicled has been doing with healthcare. Yeah, Kathy, thank you so much. Uh, I'm Suzanne, CEO at Chronicled, where we've been working on building blockchain-based solutions in the life science uh, and pharma industry. Uh, we've brought the industry together since 2017 to explore how we can create industry-level protocols that uh, are neutral, that everyone who participates wins and benefits. Um, our initial focus was the US regulation for track and trace, the Drug Supply Chain Security Act. And we have solutions in production and use in the industry where they're running truly decentralized by the companies themselves. Um, our latest work is in revenue management, again, primarily focused in the United States. And that is bringing the multi-party processes that are frankly complex and miserable and full of errors and enabling all the companies to be aligned and connected in a secure peer-to-peer -peer network um, that allows the validation and automated settlement of data and transactions. Uh, so we're really excited at the potential of blockchain-powered solutions in the industry and are so excited that it's not no longer a future vision, it's happening right now. Fantastic. Well, uh, we look forward to digging into more detail with both yourself and Mohan as the panel progresses. Nadia, just uh, to, to turn to yourself, maybe you can give us uh, an overview of how you've been engaged uh, with both uh, healthcare and blockchain. Thank you, Kathy. Yes, so I'm based in San Francisco with the Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Um, it's part of the World Economic Forum. Uh, some of you might not be familiar with the term Fourth Industrial Revolution, um, basically, uh, it's referring to the age of digitalization, uh, the fusion of advances in AI, robotics, IoT, blockchain, precision medicine, and more, um, really referring to the blurring of boundaries between the physical, digital, and biological worlds. And at the center, we are working with um, global multi-stakeholder communities. So companies, enterprises, startups, technologists, governments, 
um, academia, scientists within the healthcare space and also other industries to make sure that these uh, 4IR, um, like blockchain technologies, are accelerated for positive impact and deployed in a way that is responsible and inclusive. So we, um, for me specifically, I look at um, exchange of data, sharing of data, responsible data exchange at the intersection of blockchain technology and how we can help shape the future of healthcare. Fantastic. So uh, nice small problems that you're all working with, right? Yeah, no, nothing, nothing well changing. So I, I'm going to push you all a little bit. I mean, I know that a lot of people have been talking about blockchain, you know, in healthcare for quite some time. So what are the really the latest developments for, for you? What do you think is the latest things, not just track and trace anymore? What's the latest thing you're seeing in blockchain in this space? So Suzanne, maybe if I, I start with you and then go to Mohan. Yeah, I could uh, give a little bit more detail on our revenue management solution. We've been working with the industry for the last 18 months to really understand the requirements, and we're now in production. Um, and in production, I'll say, in the uh, life sciences and healthcare industry is more than just a technology good idea. It literally is a lot of the hard work to integrate into companies' core systems. Um, and these are big companies like Pfizer and, and McKesson. Um, but what it enables uh, to happen now, um, I'll, I'll explain that we use the blockchain in three ways. Number one, we put the company's identities on the blockchain. We're still waiting for a, uh, I would say, blockchain-based identity solution that can be connected to automatically. That's also a very complex problem. But for now, we, we put people on manually that ensures that uh, no one can hack or spoof being Pfizer. Pfizer is Pfizer. Um, and that way, it actually enables that second level of a solution, which is a secure, direct peer-to-peer -peer communication network. And it's the combination of this direct messaging, as well as shared data on the blockchain, that actually can um, enable uh, just amazing solutions. The second thing we use the blockchain for is existing industry public identifier data. These are things in the United States, like the DEA license database, 340B license database, the HIN database. These are all the identifiers that um, companies use to identify hospitals and pharmacies um, in the United States. And ironically, uh, as we all know in the complexity of healthcare, um, not every company uses the same way to identify an existing customer. And so that even becomes the beginning of a fundamental problem is if we're not even talking about the same customer, how can we fix the transaction? By having these companies now in a peer-to-peer -peer network, as they're exchanging data, we can validate against that identifier data that cleans up the data as it's progressing through. And it enables companies to see that they are aligned on their expectation of prescription medicine sales, whether it's who's eligible for a price, the current price. And then finally, we use the blockchain to do the actual business rule validation for the uh, payments and uh, settlement of chargebacks. Um, this, uh, we use zero knowledge proofs uh, because no one wants to put uh, pricing information on a blockchain that's shared with everyone, but by using appropriate cryptographic forms, um, we can now have this be automated. In today's world, this can take days or weeks for a manufacturer to answer back if they've accepted um, a chargeback transaction, and now it can be literally settled real time. 
Um, it's kind of a back office uh, plumbing and infrastructure, but it's actually really vital. And we do think this is part of how we can really improve healthcare by fixing a lot of, frankly, the wasted effort that takes take place today in manual processes, dispute management, um, to really take that efficiency to drive improvement on the other parts of the industry. Yeah, fantastic. And I guess the one of the, the big issues, obviously, in the healthcare industry is these are very large companies. They're, you know, huge amounts of R&D, but they also have massive reputations that they really need to protect. So um, uh, I'd like to come back to that question to all of you a little bit later around how you create trust with these large companies and how do you get them to, to build trust in these systems. But uh, Mohan, let, let's hear, what, what do you think is the future? You know, we a little bit more about what you think is coming. What, what are forward-looking approaches of blockchain within healthcare? So uh, uh, let's see, I got to think a little more. Uh, so let me start with what we are doing currently. So there are three areas we focus on typically uh, from our perspective. One is, uh, you know, as you rightly pointed out, trust in the supply chain. That's one of the major issues that uh, most companies face, including the pharmaceutical industry. The second area we, uh, we focus on is uh, consent-based sharing of health records. Uh, how do you enable that? Because And this is all based on feedback and customers approaching us with requirements. And the third area we are focusing on is efficiency uh, in the and cost reduction in the areas of health plan administration. So last one year, I would say, we've been working with a major health plan administrator. Uh, it's a consortium. Essentially, uh, the consortium is of pharm- you know, uh, what do you call pharmacies like Walgreens, um, and the hospitals and clinics and doctors and uh, health plan administrators so that uh, one can track member benefits like what is their copay versus what is their, what have they actually spent what is uh, and what is their benefit limits. So that's been going on for a while and we see substantial benefits working with this particular major consortium. The second area, and, and so the future of that we see is uh, more AI-based uh, uh, involvement in the data that we collect so that we can optimize the business process, also optimize the insurance products that can be offered to members. The second area of uh, you know consent-based, so a lot of companies from California and other areas have approached us saying like one of the major issues is how can a patient uh, securely share their data with uh, with uh, service providers like hospitals, clinics, doctors. So we did two initiatives. One was the COVID health. Uh, the, it really started with COVID, the digital personal health wallet. So we applied technologies like uh, digital credentials, DID, digital identity, and verifiable credentials. So the patient is in control of that credential that they have, whether it is an immunization record or whether it's a, uh, it's a record of their testing. And it they can securely share it through our verified uh, verified technology, and the verified technology can cross-check with the blockchain whether the, that credential they have on their phone has been tampered or not. So that's one, which is, and we based it on the digital identity standards. The second area is document sharing. So we have a cryptography enabled and mediated, uh, or a smart contract mediated and enabled document sharing. So any health record can be shared with anybody, any of the parties whether it's a single party, you know, single owner, multi-parties or multiple owners, like a hospital has got a piece of that versus a single owner. So that is a concern-based document sharing. Again, leverages the blockchain and smart contracts as mediators in this request response. And the last area, you know, COVID 
We had a lot of issues with suppliers of PPP and so on and so forth. So Trust Your Supplier uh, came into play along with IBM Sterling Commerce. So IBM put together what is called the Rapid Supplier Connect, where Trust Your Supplier really onboarded the suppliers of PPEs and other medical equipment and the, in, in a trusted platform. Essentially, Trust Your Supplier verifies all the credentials of the supplier, including their financial picture, their authenticity, et cetera. And Rapid Supplier Connect then enables uh, Sterling e-commerce to actually ship the products. And that was a tremendous success. So these are the three or four areas we've been working on, and we now foresee things like uh, AI and IoT coming into play in the future. Fantastic. And that is a brilliant segue, actually, to ask uh, Nadia to perhaps give us a small intervention on data and how to exchange it. And how is blockchain helping us exchange data, in particular in healthcare scenarios? Yes. So when you ask what what is sort of the latest trend, what do we see um, new happening within healthcare and in blockchain? Previous years, it was very use case focused, you know, specific solutions uh, that blockchain is being explored for. And we have seen more and more that um, technology leaders, really forward looking healthcare leaders, they are coming at it from the angle of data. They are understanding the enabling ability of blockchain technology to um, support and accelerate responsible use and exchange of data. And you can see where where data ecosystems are overlapping. It's getting away from one specific use case and really saying, how does blockchain help us with the data issues? Um, And with data, it comes down to three critical questions. It's who is the right to data? Um, What can you do with that data? And who gets the value? from that data, right? How is the risks and rewards allocated? Um, so when Mohan mentioned consent, those type of things, like how you know, how can you share data? What was the right to data? So that's what we've really seen a change where leaders are looking at that. And of course, COVID-19 pandemic highlighted the inadequacies of the world's approach to data, nothing new really. But since then, we've seen an increasing number of governments explore how to exchange data assets for the common good. Um, So they're looking at how can we combine data from personal, commercial and government sources to help solve critical issues within the healthcare space. And um, of course, central to that is how do you do that while still respecting rights and privacy, which is even more so important within the healthcare space where you're dealing with information that is most sensitive to individuals. So, Kathy, um, to your question of how does a blockchain help, uh, recent advances in blockchain, um, especially when you converge it with other technologies, makes our ability to exchange data responsibly, it makes it possible. It makes it possible to deliver improved outcomes and innovations. Um, it's plausible. And there are solutions being worked on. Um, And one other trend that we're seeing is within that, uh, and this is also still, uh, this is very much government-led as well, I would say, while private sector companies are working on it, but they're even looking at data marketplaces, data exchanges, where you can use data, um, you can more readily uh, connect data consumers and data um, producers You can reuse data over and over again. You can reward uh, those who make their data available. So that's also an interesting trend that we're seeing is sort of these exchanges, data marketplaces, 
and the potential of blockchain um, within that. And we can go into more details um, we, which features of blockchain really enables that if you want to. To your question of trust, I think that's a very important one. So as we work with private and public sector and looking at how do we combine uh, these different data sets from government sources, from individual sources, from academia, from private sector, how do we explore data marketplaces and exchanges, which these are very sensitive areas, right, within the healthcare space. Um, I think the important thing is um, to understand that without proper protocols and governance, we do risk creating either a world in which, you know, access to data can be overly restricted. We don't want access to data to be overly restricted. That can impede innovation. Or you create a world in which data sharing solutions are created without properly respecting the rights of individual parties involved. So it's really working on proper protocols and governance to make sure that, you know, we don't restrict innovation, but at the same time that any such solutions are anchored in ethical and responsible frameworks that respect the right of, of uh, individuals and businesses and private sector, etc. Yeah, and I think you, you've brought up an extremely important point, right? It's uh, working out, you know, blockchain is really just a technology. Uh, actually, any technology is a technology, right? And I think one of the key issues is uh, working out how to understand how to apply that technology into a particular context and into a particular industrial structure. So if we can, then maybe let's um, pick up on some of the points that you've raised, um, all, all three of you. How do you go about talking to these extraordinarily large companies, how do you help them trust the technology? Everyone talks about blockchain creating trust, but I would say a lot of the initial discussions in this space where people were very distrusting of blockchain. So how have you gone about that, guys? Maybe with you, Mohan, you look most excited about the question. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, trust your supplier, you know. So, so, you know, trust your supplier is a large consortium. We have a number of companies, including GSK and to name a few, Saudi Aramco, they're all members of this network. But it's not just blockchain that is uh, that is bringing the trust to them. Before that, they had to trust our solution. So a lot of my initial uh, time has been spent working with our teams to complete legal protocols. It is like essentially proving the solution we have built is trustable. Second is the company that they are working with is trustable. Third is like we, we fill all these questions that they have internally because each company is working as though it's, this is an independent solution that works within their enterprise. They don't think it's like a shared space. So we have ended up doing a number of legal, what do you call, uh, documentation uh, in terms of uh, trust between the two companies, first to onboard themselves here. Then, we, then they ask us questions on how are our compliance with respect to GDPR, with respect to other protocols like the California Privacy Act. So by the time we complete all these things, there is enough trust. And they've also met other members of our, you know, the governance board starts usually small and then they start to interact with other members of the governance board. And so that's kind of like the process we have gone through because it's almost four, four years in the making of Trust Your Supplier. And getting each one of them onboarded has been a big exercise. We each questionnaire is about 200, 300 questions, and sometimes a lot of interaction with their legal and uh, other departments, compliance departments. So that's kind of like, that. that is the first part in bringing trust that this blockchain works for them. And then, of course, we give them a sandbox 
and then we asked them to play around and then verify it for themselves. So that's how Trusted Supplier has grown to today. We have more than 20, 30 major companies on the network. Some of them operate nodes. Fantastic. So, yeah. Sorry, Nadia, go for it. Yes. So, uh, I mean, yes, <laughs> like protocols and governance and what Mohan was referring to, I mean, the legal structure, the governance aspects of that is so important, right? We've seen the last few years that, the technology is the easier part. It's the governance, right? Getting these competitors to trust each other, to work with each other, um, especially since blockchain is the ultimate network technology. You have to work with your neighbors and maybe the guy you don't like. So when we look at uh, how do we use blockchain to um, unlock data within the healthcare space, whether that is in Japan, we're working uh, with the Japanese government, uh, looking at elderly care, uh, how can blockchain help with elderly care, healthy living for elderly, if you can exchange data? Or looking at rare diseases, uh, exchanging data to help solve rare diseases or others. Um, there is that tension between the public and private sector. You're talking about uh, combining data sets from governments and private sector. I mean, that is a very sensitive area you're moving in. So, so trust is key. And to help with that, the World Economic Forum launched... Um, in 2020, what we call the Data for Common Purpose Initiative to collaboratively solve these challenges. And um, within the Data for Common Purpose Initiative, we have about nine governments um, spanning from you know, Latin America, Colombia, through to um, Norway. Um, they're looking at ocean, ocean data, not healthcare, but Japan, um, UAE, uh, uh, working with Dubai Future Foundation, <laughs> and other governments together with private sector, together with academia, um, including startups, you know, technologists, et cetera. And um, within the DCPI, the, the acronym for Data for Common Purpose Initiative, we're looking at um, if we design such data exchanges for the future, what are the ethical frameworks that needs to be in place? Um, and bringing together this global multi-stakeholder group, making sure that Governments are speaking to private sector and vice versa and getting them to work together is an extremely important part of making sure that we create uh, responsible ways to exchange data assets for the common good um, in using blockchain and other technologies. And um, we just launched um, two uh, papers a month ago uh, in August. Uh, from the government of Japan, uh, Japan Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and also India, Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution in India, together with the state of Telangana, um, around their visions for data exchanges um, of the future to sort of shape healthcare space, but not only healthcare, also other um, industries like mobility, um, agri, because more and more data is not specific to an industry. Your healthcare data is also your aggregate. It's also your, if you think about um, the farmer, uh, you know, producing supply chain data for um, livestock. I mean, healthcare companies want access. Wellness companies want access to that farmer's data to know if it was sustainably sourced, et cetera, et cetera. So we're more and more seeing these different industries and sectors um, blurring the lines between them as data can be reused over and over again uh, across, whether in financial sectors, insurance companies, agri, healthcare, um, as we learn how to bring all these sources together. 
Absolutely. And I, I think it's a, it's a key thing about blockchain for me, in particular in industrial uh, spaces. Uh, you know, it's as much about the people as it is about the technology and making sure that people are talking to each other and collaborating. You know, you've got to get that base in first before the technology can truly transform the industry. Uh, so, Suzanne, actually talking about transforming industries, I'd like to, to turn to you a little bit and ask, how do you think... How do you see that the healthcare, you know, service delivery industry has been transformed as a result of blockchain? Yeah, I think um, it's still beginning. So I would say the transformation is in progress. I do think COVID provided a prompt for a lot of companies that had digital transformation in their vision to really drive them um, forward. I'm actually super encouraged with the big companies we're talking to that more and more are um, stepping up and realizing they wanna be part of the innovation back to the prior conversation, because um, I was just gonna add to that note, um, we meet with the companies together every two weeks. So we're on shared calls. Um, We really need them together to understand the solution and understand the trust on both sides. Um, And it takes a, a lot of time to educate and a lot of time to bring them together. But because they're willing to, I mean, I'll say again from our example, we've integrated into their core systems, right? So literally connecting an ERP system at Pfizer, and as they make changes to some of their contract information, having it show up in a wholesaler's SAP system, you know, a fraction of a second later, that's the end-to-end automation that we're thinking of, and that's the transformation that's beginning. So again, Mohan, I think, said it, if we look at all the inefficiency that's sitting behind the scenes in how we do healthcare, in my mind, number one, we need to figure out ways that can check and validate data so it's clean. So connecting data alone isn't the solution. It needs to be clean data. And once we have clean data, now how do we exchange it real time directly between trading partners with no middleman anymore? And once that starts happening, then I would actually point to what Nadia said, you now have combinations of data sets that are clean, that are hopefully operating in an interoperable way, that now we can combine those data sets um, for things that people never even thought was possible. And I often use the analogy of looking at my smartphone. No one knew I needed all these things in my uh, phone, but now that data exists that connects us, I can find my teenage son in you know less than 10 seconds. Uh, things I never knew could have been possible. I didn't know I wanted and I can't live without now. So I think the same thing's going to happen in the life sciences healthcare space as this transformation evolves. Right. So I guess the, the question for me is, does your teenage son want that uh, 10 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Two sides to every point. Right. <laughs> You're going to say, <laughs> were you going to say something? Yeah. No. I was thinking trust. Talk about trust being important. (laughs) Exactly. There's always two sides to the story, right? So, um, you know, if we if we can circle uh, back a little bit, then you know, how how do you think um, the healthcare industry is going to look? uh, You know, let's say five five years, five ten years in the future, not space age, but how do you think this it's going to have evolved in the next five five to ten years as a result of blockchain, obviously. Mohan, maybe start with you. Sure. I, I, so since we are a, if uh, people come to us, I can speak to what kind of business needs and industry problems that exist. 
So one of the things that early on this year we worked with was a uh, uh, health supplement manufacturing company. So they one of the well, what they felt was that was there was a lack of trust in the vitamins and other things that they produce. And so the key problem they were trying to solve is uh, to get trust to the consumer uh, about where they are sourcing the ingredients from, how is the manufacturing process, and how does it just because in the vitamins uh, market, a lot of them are rebranded. You know, the manufacturer, the contract manufacturer is a different company compared to the ones who produce the ingredients versus who markets them. So we we see the trust uh, in, in the final product is one of the uh, uh, futuristic use cases that will get more traction. In fact, we work with two or three companies that are also looking at tagging these products with 3D labels, meaning like there's a 3D droplet that creates a different, uh, that is copy proof because you cannot create a droplet uh, consistently every time using these optical chemicals. And then they QR code that. So we see that kind of trust coming more in the future, especially on the products that people buy. The second area that we have seen obviously is um, we've been talking to some AI companies and what they do is they use a lot of the AI technology for uh, telehealth. Like uh, this company does essentially, uh, you know, the eye, uh, what do you call it? when you go to the optometrist, uh, it automatically measures, collects data and makes recommendations. But then people have to trust what that AI engine gave. So one of the things that we have seen working with that firm, as well as uh, talking to our partners in IBM is how do you uh, take that, uh, AI logic and have a secure record on the blockchain that this was the logic that was used to process that data and that this is the outcome and therefore we are prescribing this to you. So that these are two areas that I see will be prevalent in in five years from now. I mean, at least that's uh, that's uh, that's what I can see across the horizon right now. Sounds great. Okay, uh, Suzanne, what do you think's on the horizon? Or Nadia, either of you, go for it. Yeah. I'd love to start. I think um, this um, automation and data cleanup, like I mentioned, I think it will grow. I think uh, companies are definitely looking at a lot of the back office and infrastructure processes. So things like inventory visibility, automated inventory management and replenishment, uh, things like automated recall. So to grow confidence in the drugs, I think all of those are in the works and will be very exciting. I'm a little more cautious about data that's connected to patient health records. It's a real beast. Um, and the complexities both across privacy and patient identity make that a harder journey, but there's so many great people tackling it that I think we will have made material progress. Um, but I do think it will rely on um, collaboration versus competition to really make a material difference. I frankly look at things like COVID vaccine passports that could have been in place that are not because it's really difficult to get both the collaboration and agreement across parties to accept those solutions. Um, but I think um, as we see more and more examples similar to the journey of the internet, right? It started as a big phone book. What do I need this for? Why do I need to make a website? Um, and then it really evolved. And once the data and capabilities existed, once examples show up, it then moves like wildfire that people then really understand what's possible. And I do think in the next five years, we will start that with uh, the infrastructure processes in healthcare, which frankly are super beneficial, 
Uh, anyone in the United States knows we have lots of pricing problems with prescription medicine. Um, a lot of these things, I think we're going to start seeing pieces chipped away. And I also believe um, we're working now with companies on use cases that are beneficial for everyone. I think more complex incentivization plans, like Nadia said, some people hold data that they don't want to provide to others. Um, the ability to create those incentive schemes so they're incentivized to share that data um, will also drive um, really unique business models that will, I think, also ignite a lot of innovation and creativity. And, you know, uh, we need the technology to make sure teenage sons right. are attracted <laughs> by their mothers. It's actually, I think, quite similar to, to, the, to the problem of, of uh, individuals' personal healthcare data and, you know, you want some people to see it, but not necessarily all people. Or I'm, I'm assuming he doesn't mind you seeing it when you're going to send him a bit of money electronically, you know. <laughs> it's so, um, it, lovely. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Nadia, uh, maybe, uh, you know, what, what do you think some of the cutting edge things that you're looking at are going to be and how are they going to affect healthcare? Yeah, you know, so individual health has risen to be one of the greatest challenges that we face today, right? Uh we're making uninformed choices, we're making unhealthy choices, or we just don't have access to information to make the right health choices. Um, I, on our healthcare side of the forum, they've shared that 71% of all deaths globally are caused by non-communicable diseases. And I think um, a crisis like COVID-19 has again demonstrated just what a massive threat such an unhealthy population poses um, to our society. Right. So when we talk about blockchain and the ability to better um, share data, use data, leverage data responsibly, I see five to ten years from now uh, a future where every nutrition, exercise, health project, product or service for consumers is tailored to their unique uh, behaviors, lifestyle, um, where we can receive personalized and um, I want to say trusted insights as um, uh, optimistic, where we can receive such insights, right, that empowers us to live the healthiest lives possible through science-backed uh, consumption recommendations, through responsible uh, recommendations that are tailored to our needs, uh, mental and physical health needs. So um, a world where consumers own and control our data and use it to inform personal decisions to improve our overall well-being. And going back to, to how blockchain helps with that, I think the incentivization piece is, is big. How do you reward um, somebody to share data? How do you share in that value? Not just the rewards, but also the risks. And blockchain there through smart contracts, tokenization, Digital rights management is very interesting. So if you think about the role of blockchain in the tech uh, platform layer, right? Um, valuation of data, consumption of data, compensation models, um, as Suzanne has mentioned. And um, for me personally, tokenization there is very interesting. I, I, I think the next few years we'll see a lot of um, pick up on that in the healthcare space. We are all familiar with asset tokenization, um, you know, where you can have a, uh, create an on-chain representation of an asset. So you have a unique representation of people. Uh, Suzanne, you were referring to digital identities. Moan, you were referring to the object digital assets. Um, and that way we can create uh, that link between the physical and digital worlds, really in ways that we've not seen before. So when you think about asset tokenization, I'm, I, I really think there's going to be a move in terms of data 
asset tokenization, kind of the same principle. Yeah. When you talk about asset tokenization and data asset tokenization, but really here we're talking about the data set, right? Yeah. Tokenizing a piece of data, the data set, and that way transfer the right to that data set um, for tokenization. So that can help us solve the problem where data is needed to solve issues. But making sure that consent is given and that the people with the right to data or owning the data, I don't know what always is the political correct way to say that, um, is reimbursed and recognized. So I'm very excited about that space and um, seeing how that will all play out to help us live healthier lives and make better decisions, having access to clean and quality data. Uh, so we'll, we'll all get um, little messages on our phone saying, stop eating so much cake, Catherine, or, you know, <laughs> vegetables. <laughs> it's quite cool. Well, one thing, I, you know, personally I'm really excited about as well is, you know, I, I you previously worked at a, um, a university with a large sort of medical science research facility associated with it. And one thing that I would think blockchain could be super helpful with is this idea around clinical trials, where mm -hmm. if we get the sharing of data between clinical trials done faster, we can get better quality drugs quicker right. and actually, you know, fail faster. Right. Um, you know, in many instances, clinical trials are repeating stuff that has already been tested by another company. But, you know, if they could share the failure at least, uh, could save a lot of time and maybe get better drugs out there quicker. We're, we're coming to the end of uh, our uh, panel. Uh, so I wanted to... Uh, just close with a couple of sentences from each of you in basically what are you most excited about uh, with uh, regards to blockchain uh, and healthcare? And uh, so let's start maybe with yourself, Nadia. What, what excites you yeah. most? So, so going back to, I think data sets today are locked up and it's siloed. And it's not available to help us solve healthcare issues, whether that's rare diseases, whether it's giving healthy living for elderly, whether it's, you know, pandemic related. So for me, I'm excited about a world where we've built, where we can provide researchers and clinicians with access to these data sets um, and do so in a, a responsible way. So if you think about uh, genomic data, if you can couple that with clinical and other data uh, in a way where the the individual or those who has the right to data has control, um, we can create, uh, yeah, we can create a world that is um, much healthier and better. And um, I, it is possible with technology. We just need to make sure that we have the proper uh, protocols and governance um, in place. And for that, we have Moan and Suzanne and companies who's doing incredible things um, in this space. So I'm looking forward to to follow all these um, incredible solutions and innovations happening. Wonderful, thank you. What about you, Mahan? What about yourself? So I'm quite excited because uh, I do want to add two things to the data set, and also in the future I do see IoT devices generating data. So a blockchain is going to secure the IoT devices and their identity. The second I see is trusted supplier, where today. We are trying to build a healthcare ecosystem of suppliers and buyers. So that will progress, and that excites me a lot. And the third, as Suzanne rightly pointed out, she talked about two concepts, which I'm also very passionate about. But in the future, I see people carrying a digital health wallet in which their records will be with them, and they can securely share using 
uh, uh, wallet-based applications and also integration in, is where with uh, enterprise systems where the origin of data has to be trusted or the destination has to be trusted. So I, I'm quite excited working in all these spaces and that's what we do. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And Suzanne, we'll, we'll close with you. Yeah, I, I, uh, maybe my excitement is a little bit more mundane, but my excitement comes from the fact that major companies have integrated blockchain-based solutions and networks into their core systems. It's no longer the future. These are systems that have passed IT security reviews um, and a lot of scrutiny as we discuss the, the understanding of how the systems work and the trust in putting some of their most important data like drug pricing on the systems is happening today. So for companies that are still thinking this is a future idea, I really want to throw out there, and it's my excitement, that it actually is happening. It's actually in production. Um, and this will now be the beginning of um, all the demonstrated examples of business improvements and patient improvements that are going to accelerate uh, the adoption going forward. Fantastic. So I think that's a great note to, to end on. Um, you know, it's actually happening uh, and if you're interested in blockchain and healthcare, reach out to Mohan, Nadia or Suzanne. Uh, I'm sure their details are available. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time, uh, effort and energy uh, today. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, Cathy. Thank you. Thank you, Cathy. Thank you all.